Hey guys, welcome into Something Like Therapy. On today's episode, Jessica and I are going to be discussing blended families and all the ups and downs and craziness of that journey. And definitely, we're going to be sharing some of our own experiences since Jessica and I have a, our own blended family. So stick around for that. Uh, we're going to be going through some of the more common, uh, I guess, struggles, you can say. Um, but we definitely want to give insight and give advice on some of those things that we've gone through. And we hope that it helps you if you, in fact, are in a blended family. So stick around and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome in to something like therapy. How's everyone doing? This is a little uh, new for us. We're recording at a different time of the week and a different, different time, time of the day, day. too. So um, <laughs> you'll get a different side of us. This is uh, Derek and Jess after dark. <laughs> Maybe we'll start a new <laughs> On a podcast. Date, our date night. Yeah, this is date this night. This is our date episode. night. <laughs> so if you, if you feel the romance in our voices, you know why. But um, So welcome in. Um, we uh, hope that you are having a great day. Maybe if you are listening to this in the morning, we hope you have a great day coming up. And if you're listening to it in the evening, I hope it's been amazing. So, yes. Um, I think to start things off, like, guess what, guys? Guess what? We're actually, we actually did a would you rather and posted <laughs> it and got responses. So, I'm going to hand it over to Jess so she can yeah. start the conversation um, there. Thank you guys for, we got a pretty yes, good number you, of responses you. back. So that One was million exciting. responses. One million. It was a really interesting question because we actually got almost 50-50. It was only by a few votes where, you know, it ended up going the other way. Um, so the question was, would you rather have a rude but quick server or a nice and friendly but slow server. And we're talking server as in waiter, waitress, waiter. not someone yeah. that's serving you with court papers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not a processed server. We're talking in the food service, food industry here. Okay. Um, well, what was yours? What was mine? And what okay. one? We should uh, do, mine was rude and quick. Mine was also rude and quick. Yeah. Because... We, we were just having this conversation right before we started recording. And we we're talking about how sometimes it could be... I mean, of course, you know, you want someone friendly and attentive. And you want to make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're getting your order right. And you... I mean, no one's ever going to say that nice a nice server is like, you know, something they don't wish to have. But more than anything... I think I'd rather have somebody that's going to be quick and accurate. And honestly, someone that isn't going to just like constantly interrupt our, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whatever it is that we're having. Because that's what we're talking about. Like people that are overly friendly or overly just like, hey, do you guys need this? Do you need that? Like it begins to get a little, a little annoying when someone's a little too friendly. Some people like that. I personally don't. Well, I don't mind if they're like, hey, do you need this? Do you need that? That's like, that's what you should be talking. But when they start like, oh, that shirt, like I know that band. And I, it's like, okay. I mean like little, like a little bit of like 
trying to make a connection like hey i get it you're, you're you working special yeah you're working for the tip and you know that's great like and i'll if if i feel like it was a good time here and like i you know i got my stuff good and, and my but, food good and stuff like i'll that's what usually when you tip when they go above and beyond but then that can easily turn into like okay i'm, I'm done talking to you can you just go get our drinks now but, like, I'm okay to, i guess be rude the part that i'm talking about like the you know overly friendly or overly attentive is when they come like every two minutes w- would you like me to top that off like especially you're having coffee or you know, oh, a drink, yeah. like, well, and, and there's been times where, you know, they'll come around, you know, I don't know, maybe within five minutes, they've already come around twice. And it's like, dude, I'm not gonna, I mean, unless I'm really needing this coffee, like, I'm not really gonna <laughs> need you to come check on me every minute or so. Like, it just becomes a little too, I don't know, a little too excessive. I, I love my privacy. And I love to when I go to have lunch or dinner or, you know, whatever, bref- breakfast with someone, I'm there to spend time with them. I'm not there to spend time with my server. <laughs> like, I, I know it sounds rude, but, you know. But apparently, more than half of the people that voted went the other way. They want a friendly person. I had someone that said, I don't pay someone to be rude to me. Like, I get it. You know, <laughs> it's understandable. I think maybe they just... I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe that's how they really feel, but, like, maybe you didn't understand the question because it's like, I get it. You want someone that is friendly. Like, you don't, you know, no one wants to be, have someone act rude to them. But it's like, also, you know, we should have emphasized, like, friendly, but you're going to get your order mixed up. You're going to get your food. Like, things are going to come late. You're going to have to but ask three times to get a drink, a I refill. Know, I, like, think we, I, think, I think we asked the question correctly because... It, you can be friendly and still get your food, but it's just going to be a little slower than the person that isn't too it. busy trying to please you. Because you, know you what figure, I mean? yeah, like, what makes it slow is that if they're friendly with you and talking about like, oh, your day and this and that, what are you guys up to? What are you going to do? They're doing that with every exactly. table. So it just, exactly. it makes things take long. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we're being very first world about it. Like, I want my, fu- I want my food fast. Like. I don't know. I just, I want it to. I, I don't like, even think it's for. like a matter of like, I want it fast. I just want it in a timely matter where I'm not, you know, having to ask my server like, hey, where's yeah. this? Or the hey, whole, where's hey, that? I asked you for that. Like, you Yeah. That. Uh, there was a situation where I asked someone for coffee three different times. <laughs> and it literally was like, I mean, and honestly, this person wasn't even nice. They were honestly completely rude. But I had to keep reminding her, and finally she brought it. Yeah. And you know, See, and that's the thing: people like that get mad, and maybe you've just never worked in a restaurant. Um, but when you get mad for like food issues, like you're waiting on food or something came out wrong, it's like they're the server; they're not the cook. Like they only mm-hmm. can bring out the stuff that's there. Correct. Maybe it's the cooks that are taking long. But when it's like what you said, like, can I get a refund coffee? Can I get a um? you know another um utensils some more napkins and that takes long it's like that's kind of all waitress or later that that is literally something that you're supposed to take care of so so i'm gonna stick with my like rude but just on it like so am i i just you know i get it i people and i know a lot of people believe that customer service is dead and that's something that we've lost through, you Kinda know, true. our the last maybe I want to say maybe ten years. We've seen it really die out. You know, when we met, we met 
through a company where it was customer service based and it was very, very important and we were trained on it very well. I still have that customer service voice. Yeah, I I can't help it when I get on the phone with someone. Even when I'm calling to like complain about my bill, I'm just the nicest. Like, (laughs) hey, so sorry to bug you. Even though like that's their job is to hear what my complaint or what what I need. But yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I, I get I get that it's still it's still important, and I and I I think we you know we definitely shouldn't lose that, but I I also think there's things that are a little bit more important than a you know a beautiful smile. Like I want my food done right, and <laughs> exactly. I want it brought out you know promptly, and um, yeah, I don't want to hear about your day. I'm sorry, I know wow. that's mean. <laughs> I know that's mean, but I didn't plan my date to go out and find out what, what my server is doing. You're so like, funny, I'm I sorry. Didn't ask I'm you. sorry. That's crazy. But... <laughs> I sound like a total B, but I'm just being real. You know, <laughs> I keeps it real. I'll ask you if I do. If I if you ask, I know we're dragging this, but if you ask a server, then okay, they should tell you. But there's some people that literally go out of their way and tell you their whole life story, and you're like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, can I do the top sirloin uh, and eggs? My dog died today. I'm like, oh, um, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. God, that was that was way too. I think long. You did like six minutes. That was way too long. That's, uh, that's a Guinness. I just right don't there. get it. Why do people? Why right. do people want to go with it? it? Okay, let's go. So we'll keep the would you rather. Hopefully, uh, like I said, that's been we haven't done one in a while. So let's keep it going. Yeah. We'll post one right away, and um, you know, if we'll you try responded, to find catchy ones like yeah, that. Yeah. Respond again, and if you haven't, join in on the fun. So. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so today we're actually talking about something that is very, very near and dear to our hearts because mm-hmm. we are one. Um, we're going to be talking about blended families and some of the, I guess, struggles and hiccups and just hurdles that you kind of go through um, as a blended family mm-hmm. from, you know, the you know from from the whole stages of when you meet you know you guys are dating mm-hmm. uh, when to like introduce uh, you know your kids or your child to the new person um, and then the whole moving in and then the getting engaged and then the marriage the wedding and just all of it so um, it's a very very I'd say like it's not a long process I mean it's just it's a very um, it's a journey it's a journey there it's you go it's a journey and I'll, you know. A lot of it's kind of like walking on eggshells and tiptoeing um, because there's just, you know, there's just different things. There's awkwardness. There's, you know, embarrassment, I guess. Or there's, there's just like, I don't know, you don't want to mess up and you're over trying, but then maybe I'm not trying enough. And mm. and there's and there's different uh, sides to it. You know, right. you're, you're either the person that has, you know, bringing the children or the child into the relationship um, and, or, or you're the person that's coming into it where, you know, maybe you don't have kids, um, and now you're a stepdad or a stepmom, or maybe you guys are in a situation where it's Brady Bunch status and, you know, yeah. both of you have kids. And then that's even, you know, obviously more personalities involved, the more emotions are involved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it can get pretty crazy. And I'm sure that anyone that's listening that is, that has a blended family or has been a part of one, maybe growing up. Um, you know exactly where we're coming from. So we wanted to kind of hit on that today. And just like with mostly all of our other episodes, 
Um, we kind of want to just give like bullet points, kind of have a list of some of the things we gathered from just different articles we found on blended families, um, and then just give our kind of insight from our own experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, and again, well, what I want to point out, and I don't know if I brought this up with Jess, but like just going through all of it, almost every single episode we do, no matter what topic we're discussing, um, it really, and and this one's no different, it always comes down to the foundation of communication. Like, yeah. communication is key in getting through these, or getting through this journey. Um, because it's a never-ending journey. Obviously, your kids get older, and maybe the relationship, I mean, I would hope and imagine your relationship gets stronger with your kids and your stepkids. Um, and it's not even like your relationship with them, but like if you have, again where you guys both had kids and brought them in, the relationships between the siblings as well, because, and we'll kind of discuss that, um, it's not just right away like, oh, you, like, you're my new stepbrother and you're my new stepsister. Like, let's just be best friends. Like, no, right. there's a lot of like, <laughs> who are you? Why are you here? And I hate your face. Like, you know, I mean, if you've seen the movie Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, I mean, maybe to not that extreme. Well, there's but, a little bit of accuracy in <laughs> Right? That. But it could be like that. So I got a stepbrother. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, but it comes down, again, like I was saying, it comes down to communication. Yes. Open communication with your spouse. Open communication with your children. Open communication as a family um, is just so key. So... Open um, communication with all parties involved. Yeah, it's just, and that's even with the outside people. Yeah, exactly. So, Those that aren't in your ex the the immediate family, yes. you know. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we'll get started. And the first one, I think it it really opens the door for it. Um, it's unrealistic expectations, and I think <laughs> that is like yeah, because everyone has an idea. Of like how they want their life to be or how what their life's going to be. And then, of course, when you start a new relationship, you have this idea of what you, you know, or maybe like what you want it to be and what you think it's going to be. And then, of course, as you, you know, get engaged and then you take the, the leap and you guys get married, um, you have this like idea. It's an expectation of like um, everything's going to be great. And, you know, if you're someone with kids, that person's going to love my kids and my kids are going to love them. And. We're just going to be the whole one big happy family. Mm -hmm. And hey, if if right off the bat all that does happen, kudos to you. Like you hit a grand slam right on the first pitch. That's awesome. You should play the lottery. Yeah, you're right. We're lucky. Um, but it obviously, you know, in reality, it usually doesn't work like that. You actually have to put in work for it to mm -hmm. get to that level. Um, so yeah, and it, you know, it could seem like an uphill battle, but you just keep pushing because what else is there more important than to continue to push for and fight for than your, you know, your spouse and your family. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, the unrealistic, unrealistic expectations is big. Um, it's not going to be great right off the bat, but you know, it's something that you work towards with again, open communication and, and some of the other things that we're going to talk about on with I, the list. Here. I think one of the unrealistic expectations, expectations are one of the unrealistic thoughts that I had when you and I first got together and decided to pursue the relationship with me already having a child, I had a very unrealistic idea of what you were going to look like as a step parent. 
And I felt like you should already know what you need to do. And you didn't have kids. I mean, you didn't have any kids at the time. Um, you were just a, a single guy, a bachelor guy. And, you know, you didn't have any any children. And I already had a six-year-old child. So for me to think that just by you saying yes to the relationship and taking on this responsibility, I thought you knew what you needed to do. And that was a very unrealistic expectation, and you know, for my part, because I didn't really, honestly, like just what you said in the opening of this episode, like communication, I didn't communicate what it is that I expected or or what I desired from our relationship, you know, as like boyfriend and girlfriend or, you know, hopefully in the future, husband and wife. But more importantly, as a step parent, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't communicate that with you. And I just had this very unrealistic idea of what it was going to look like. And boy, was I surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean... A lot of people do because as a single mom, I just thought, well, he loves me. He's going to automatically love my child, which you did. But you, your love for my child was very different. And it was more of a learning experience, you know, more than just like, I'm going to take on and I'm going to, you know, become a dad all of a sudden. Like, it was a learning experience for, for you. And... I just automatically expected you to just be a dad from one day to the next, you know, <laughs> and it just, it didn't, that's not how it was. It, it, you know, I mean, I don't want to jump way ahead, but it took a lot of years to get to that point where, okay, I, I'm seeing some, some, you know, father, father, you know, like roles here come and, and a little bit of, of situations where that, you know, started to show a little bit more, but Anyways, um, hopefully I didn't jump ahead, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to kind of talk on that, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, it was very unrealistic and I remember those early days, um, you know, and then when I moved in, uh, cause you were the responsible one that had like a house and I was just kind of (laughs) crashing every day and. You were just like, you're going to crash, you're going to pay rent. It's like, so. yeah, you need to start paying rent here, buddy. This is not going to work out. Um, but yeah, no, I remember those those first years. And really, I think I, I think I shared it with you, you know, kind of breaking down to both like my, my dad and um, to one, uh, to my, my cousin, who is older than me. Um, well, we're kind of like the same age. But because um, he was really close to us and he was always over and he you know, right away because he's just good with kids. He's just a good guy. And, um, you know, our son right away just responded to him because he responded to him. He knew how to mm-hmm. talk to a little kid. He knew how to play with them and do things like that. And I remember telling them both, like, man, I just, I don't know how to do that. Like, I have, like, it's not even a matter of like, oh, you know, I feel like I'll, I can, I'll get it. Like, I was confident that I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do this because... It was kind of weird because I didn't, and I, I know I've told you, like, I only have one sibling who is almost practically 10 years older than me. So there was, I never really had even, like, a brother to kind of grow up with. I mean, I had my cousin, um, so I understand that. But, like, I was always the youngest. I was the youngest, you know, me and my brother. For the longest, I was the youngest in, like, 
uh, on my dad's side of the family. I was always like the baby. So like I never, I was the little kid. Like I never knew how to be around mm-hmm. other little kids. So it was just a, a hard time. And like, yeah, I just think back to who I was and where I was coming from before well, I met you too. And like you said, kind of like just living a bachelor life too. But so. to be fair, to be fair, and I don't think we've ever really talked about this is, you know, you, you talk about how easy it was for your cousin to make this connection with our son. Mm-hmm. You know, right off the bat, it was, you know, it was just like a very friendly, very playful type of relationship where, you know, that he would mess around with our son and just kind of joke around with him. And I think when you're not, you're not expected to play a certain role in mm. someone's life, you don't have that pressure. Yeah. And exactly. you immediately felt that pressure because you were, you were you were fairly young. I mean, you were in your early 20s and all of a sudden here's this, you know, 5, 6-year-old child that <laughs> is looking up to you as like, "Are you my dad or what are yeah. you?" you know? What do so, we do here? <laughs> well, what what what's the what's what how's this going to go? Like how's this going to flow, you know? So, you immediately felt that pressure and that really begins to complicate what could have just really flowed into an organic relationship as friends. Um, But because, and this is where we made a huge mistake, and I I know it's not one of the points that we we put on here, but we never had a conversation. We never had a conversation about, okay, is this this a good idea? Is, you know, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say that in a way I'm grateful that we didn't because I think if we really would have talked about it, we probably would have overthought the situation Mm -hmm. and we probably would have talked ourselves out of our relationship. Like just being 100% real. Mm -hmm. Just because where we were at the time, we were really young and just we were both in crazy spaces. But anyways, I digress. We didn't have a conversation and... There was really no time for us to slowly introduce you to our son. Mm-hmm. There was just like, bam, here's my boyfriend. Yeah, by the way, this is moving really quickly. Yeah, he's now living with us. And he's probably going to live with us within the first maybe three months. Now, yeah. none of this was healthy. I want to say that none of this was healthy, <laughs> but, but I mean, this is just how it happened. This is just the truth, but you know, I don't, I don't regret how we went about our relationship. No, that's I, how it was supposed to be, you know, that's, that's to exactly. But I do feel that there could have been some things done a little bit more gently and a little bit more carefully to make the transition a lot smoother, yeah. but we didn't, you know? So I, I just want to say that there was a lot of things working against you and my son, exactly. you know? So I don't think we, I don't know, we've never really talked about that, but I, I, again, I think your cousin had a much easier conversation with him and an interaction with him because there was no pressure. It's, he yeah. got to go home. Exactly. <laughs> and just like, you know, when, uh, you know, really quick, like, it's like when you... Tell your, um, you know, friends are going to come over and you're just like, I just want to apologize my, in advance. Like, my kids can get crazy mm-hmm. and they can be this and they can do that. And then they come over and, like, your kids are just angels. And you're like, yeah. the friends kind of look at you like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I think your kids are great. And it's like, 
Uh, but then as soon as they leave, yeah, they turn back into like, it. You so, have no idea yeah, who they are just, when you leave. Exactly. When and, Behind uh, closed doors, they yeah. are the devil themselves. Yeah, when you don't have that responsibility <laughs> of like the day in and day out of being, you know, that exactly. person, then yeah, so, I can understand that. Yeah, so. so exactly. But um, yeah, and um, well, what it, like the, the big conflicts that can come up from from that or from not having good communication to start things off um leads into the next point where it's loyalty conflicts hmm. um and oh, this is yeah us. and really this big. is something that i think i'll let you kind of take the lead on because it really is from the perspective of the parent um like our situation perfectly like one parent you know or one one spouse has a kid or children mm-hmm. and then the other one's coming into it maybe with no kids or yeah not bringing kids into the relationship um and it leads into that okay, now I have a new spouse, but then I also have my child. And how does that, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, a mother's always going to, it's their kid, you know, that that's how it really should be. However, mm-hmm. you know, when, and we've learned this along the way, again, you know, how we talk about, we went to marriage class and we learned a lot about like our relationship, our value, you know, to each other, our, our you know, the importance of one another learning that your spouse comes before a lot of things, you know? So it's hard to kind of like balance that or to kind of figure like, oh, number one, number two, number three. Right. Um, especially when it's blended, you know? It's hard enough even when you have like, you guys just both own biological kids. Um, but then when you add in the dynamic of like, well, that's not my dad. And like, it was me and you before. Now mm-hmm. there's, he's here. Um, and then from, you know, the the perspective of the person coming into it is sort of like well this is our new relationship we have to put work into it we need our time you know and it it it, it can get very very hectic and messy i guess you know yeah this this particular point um i want to say and just be 100% transparent i think almost ended our marriage hmm. i think was one of the hardest things for me to get to get over and to get by because it was so it was such a constant in my mind and i'm i can only speak from you know my my perspective my view as a single mom but i do feel that i think even if you're not a single mom but you know maybe a a single dad or a dad in a relationship and you have a child that you you know that you're you're um bringing into a, a new relationship a new marriage or whatnot um, so I don't think it has anything to do with just being a mom. I could, be, I think, just a parent in general. If you have a child, you can be very territor- territorial over them. Of course. You tend to just create this bubble <laughs> and and you feel like nobody else in the world but you can care for them and protect them <laughs> the way that you can. I developed that because I was a single mom and because I did a lot of the parenting on my own. Um, my mom helped me so much. I don't know how I would have done it without my mom, but I didn't have a lot of support from the father of my, my child. Um, from my first marriage, we, there was very little involvement. Uh, and the little that was there wasn't very healthy. So I, took this role of protector 
um, defender, provider, like everything that you can think of. I was that. My son was everything for me. So when this whole loyalty <laughs> bullet point was brought up, the first thing that I, I remember was how much I isolated you, Derek, from every decision that I made for my son. Mm. And I, in the beginning of the relationship, I didn't see anything wrong because I was just what I was used to doing. When I saw that this wasn't right, the the whole dynamic of our relationship was not right, was when we started getting into the teenage years. Mm. And now I needed you as my husband and as the stepfather to take authority and to like, hey, you got to do something because I don't know what the hell we're going to do with this kid. <laughs> He's freaking driving us off the wall. But I was screaming and crying and begging as I was realizing that I had completely isolated you from the parenting role. And I, at that point, a lot of things started coming up because I realized that there was a lot of resentment, not just from you, but from my son, from our son, I'm sorry, from you know, my, my first son, um, and myself, because I was just upset. And again, the unrealistic expectations of like, well, you should have just known what to do. Well, mm. you couldn't because I wasn't even allowing you to do any of these things. So, um, that whole loyalty thing, I didn't, I, I didn't understand that it wasn't about being loyal to, to my, you know, to my firstborn, or to you or to me, it was about being loyal to the family and what is the best and most important thing that we can do for our family, mm. you know? And it took a very, very long time. And I think around year seven that you and I were married, like it was, it became real. Like, mm. oh crap, we might not make it. Like we really might not make it past this point because at this point, the the tension between the three of us was so bad that we couldn't we could not even coexist in the same room anymore like it had gotten so toxic yeah and and that literally like you said it just kind of built up to that oh and yeah the build-up or what caused that build-up was again just not you know not communicating expectations of one another and then like you said you always wanting to hang on to that kind of control because like you said, you you were a single mom. That's that's what you knew. That's how you knew how to parent, um, and that was kind of the whole, unre or not unrealistic, but like expectations of going into it, like talking with your spouse, like, okay, this is how this is how I parent my child. This is how I discipline them. This is the rules I said. This is kind of like our or how I do it, um, mm -hmm. and we need to discuss how you fit into that. How you're how you're going to come on board. Um, how we're gonna like approach uh, approach him and and we never did that. We kind of just rolled the dice and went with it. And it was on both sides um, not healthy because mm -hmm. you didn't kind of want to you didn't want to relinquish that authority or just role of the parent. Mm -hmm. And I was very hesitant to want to you know and I wouldn't say take the reins like from you, but to even be involved because it was like easier. And I was already like I don't know how to do it. You seem like you're doing a great job, so I'll just let you have it. 
But obviously it didn't work because, you know, like when we needed to be a team, it wasn't like, and then it was not fair for you, it wasn't fair for me, and it definitely wasn't fair for our son to just like, okay, from six to 13, it's been your mom. But now that you're like a teenager and becoming a man, like I'm going to be the authoritative figure now because I'm a man in the house. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, I, dude, who are you? Like, I, you've never done anything for me or not for me, but like, you've never been the one that I had to go to. Because like growing up, it was always like, well, I'm going to go ask mom. Can I go somewhere? Can I do something? Can I get something like, and I was just kind of there. Like, oh. I was just going to say, I was going to bring up the next thing was, um, not, not the next point, but mm -hmm. one of the next things, uh, under this bullet point, uh, is I became the middle person. I became the middle person, you know, that either you would tell me like, Hey, you know, Isaiah's like, I'm sorry, said his name. Well, if people <laughs> um, know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he's doing this and, you know, it, it's, it wasn't necessarily like you trying to rat or complain about him, but it was you expressing how you felt about something that he did. And then vice versa, he would turn around like, well, Derek's doing this. And, and I became this middle person. Yeah. And the pressure became so heavy for me because then I felt it's like, well, then who who do I side with here? And yeah. and and then we had the church like, well, your husband, you know, comes before everything. And it's like, OK, but what what if like I'm I'm seeing both points here and I'm seeing that they both have a reason to be upset. So what the hell do I do with that? You know, and yeah, I became so overwhelming to. And we had so many conversations about this. I mean, I remember just crying so many times and like, you know, I really need your help. But again, like, I just look back on it now and I'm like, I was asking for help, but yet expecting or hoping that you did it, <laughs> that you didn't really help. And that is so, it was so unfair. Yeah. Um, well, it, yeah. And go, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, like literally what this section is called like loyalty conflicts is also loyalty where we were kind of like uh you know test not testing you but like putting you in that situation because you had your son who obviously is fighting for you know your love and your attention because you're his mom but then you have me throughout the whole relationship fighting for your love and your attention because i'm your husband um and it kind of like I think I brought it up where like it really pinned or like it really felt like him and I were, it was almost like instead of like a dad or stepdad and son, it was like brothers. Like sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry yeah. where it's like, well, look what I can do. Well, look what I can do. Like I'm, you know, she came to talk to me first. Like, um, and it, it just, it wasn't healthy. And it like it, I didn't, I, I felt like I was just drowning in it because the times that you would, you know, kind of break down and, and tell me like I would feel so, um, like obviously upset or so like, yeah, like sad or I don't know what the heck's the word, like, um, Disappointed. Guil yeah, like guilty, guilty. There you go. I can think of a word. <laughs> I feel guilty because it's like, yeah, I should be doing it. Like, why can't I do this? And what, what do I, how do I start and this and that? So yeah, the loyalty thing really, it, it went different ways there mm -hmm. and it definitely caused a lot of like wall between the three of us, you know, you and him, him and I. Uh, you and I so definitely it's um and once the other two kids came in forget it yeah we I don't that, even know where that. they're gonna come in on this list how that <laughs> <But> <laughs> well I'm it goes into it with siblings loyalty, but... because at this point they were already 
they were already. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, our our middle child was within the first year you and I got together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. It, it didn't even like, give a chance. I'm here. Yeah. And right. That, so again, like we said, that, the transition of that, all of that happened yeah. so quickly. But anyhow, yeah, we can we can go <laughs> into the next point. Well, the next point kind of meshes the next three, I should say, kind of all mesh in. So we'll I'll just list them and then we'll just you know have a conversation on them. Um, the next one would be relationships with the ex. So you kind of was already hitting on that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the one after that's neglecting co-parenting responsibilities. So that would involve co-parenting. So if you are fortunate enough to have, you know, an ex or the, the ex or the dad or the mom um, to be still involved and then, um, you know, involved in your child's life, then then great. But it also requires more from you and from your new spouse um and then the next point after that is lack of boundaries so i just really want to for the first two relationships with the ex and then in co-parenting so our unique story with that (laughs) very unique (laughs) so as just mentioned um you know our our son's father was around in the sense of like you know he you know we knew where he was at and and our son knew where he was at for the most part um and they would talk uh, i would say inconsistently you know see each other um which it's sort of like it makes it hard because it's like on one side of the spectrum let's say you have a parent that's you know very very much involved and they like have joint custody and they see them every weekend and on summers they go there for one month or a month and a half or whatever and it's very consistent and they talk to them throughout the week yeah then it's just like happy go lucky and it's like oh everything's great like that's mm-hmm. this is an easy like thing the easy transition and then the other side of the spectrum is they're just gone like we never heard from them again they just well i'm i'm out i'm not a parent and it's sad to say both of those are better than kind of what we had where it's like he's still there so obviously it's it's in the child's life and he gets reminded here and there but then like when they need them or they really want to be with them they kind of let them down or they don't show up or they're just not consistent and it causes more problems and pain so yeah that's kind of what we went through um and it was a bad situation in regards to the relationship between our son and his dad now what i want to say with the unique thing about it which it's going to sound bad because i described him like that (laughs) but you know it's going to sound bad on our part but the unique thing about it was that when he was around um the three of us all got along like you and you and him obviously got along because you were married before and you've known each other since you were like so young like and like and you even said it, you're probably better friends than anything. Oh, you know, we you know been they're friends. always you guys are always good friends. <laughs> and with me, like I don't know, and I, I we even say it to this day, I have no idea why I never had a dislike for him. I never <laughs> felt threatened by him. I like almost to where it's like I just maybe I like blocked it out like that you guys were married and had a kid. Because well, to me it, it was, was like he, he was just a friend that you had and like Exactly. Right. We were just really good friends. And it, it was so unique to the point that he even lived with us for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, so I need a place to stay. Like, sure, let's, that's fine, man. Like, come hang out. And that's the thing. So, like, him and I, you know. That's and, where the lack of boundaries come Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about lack of boundaries. <laughs> him and I, um, you know, like I said, we're just 
we hit it off well. Like, he's big into sports. I was big into sports. We talked about, you know, things like that. Um, and we'd go play basketball. And, like, it was just kind of like, all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my friend. And people would, like, bring it up. And we would forget. They would Like, why out. do you, why are you tripping? Like, why are you being weird? But it's like, now that we look back on it, it's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. No wonder they would bring that up. Like, <laughs> he went know? to our wedding. Yeah, he was at, he our, was at like, our kids' parties. Like, yeah. I mean, he, him and I had more of, like, even, like, a sibling kind of relationship. It was kind of weird. I know it, sound, very it sounds weird. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it just, when, when him and I were done, like, we were just done. You yeah. know, so I, and when you and I met, um, I mean, it, we were most definitely done, and I think we just kept such a good friendship. I mean, it was always weird because we had a good friendship, but when it came to the parenting part, yeah, that's I, where that's the only thing. I despised him. I I, I hated <laughs> the way that he just didn't take responsibility. Until this day, there's a lot of things that I have still resentment over, and I know that I'm you know still kind of working on healing those areas, but. Uh, when it came to the parenting part, we'll keep it at that because that's where, what we're talking about yeah. today. But um, I just, it, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, it was hard to to really have, like you said, a, a good flow because it was very inconsistent. So at the end of the day, I think maybe just, I'm just kind of throwing this out there. Maybe that's why you felt a little bit more pressure because you kind of felt that you had to make up not only as the stepfather, but I think also as the actual father, mm -hmm. I think you really did. And I mean, at the end, you know, just to fast forward a little bit to where we're at now, I mean, I see the relationship you're, you know, my, my son, our son, um, you, that you and him have, it's like, it's amazing, you know, and even though, I just want to say I don't I don't think it's necessarily like a father and son kind of relationship that you would think of I don't know like that you see like on TV or whatever yeah. um but it's unique in its own way and I think it's very very strong and I don't without a doubt in my mind that our son does not consider you you know his his father like there's yeah. not a doubt in my mind you know if you would have asked me that Five years ago, I would have been like, "Heck no!" Like, I, I don't know when that's gonna change. You and know? I would have second that <laughs> <laughs> because it was just so hard to get to where we're at now. Yeah. But um, the boundaries part, I wish I would have set more boundaries because I think that created a lot of confusion between our son and his dad and us. It, it was very confusing. I don't think it was a healthy situation. I think we should have um, demanded a little bit more from from his father. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know where we would have gone, like what we would have gotten out of him. But I think if we would have just been a lot more firm with, you know, hey, these are the days. If you don't show up, that's on you. You know, I mean, there, there's just things that we could have set very firm boundaries. So our son felt more secure and protected and i and i think that's something that we didn't do and yeah. i would recommend anyone that's in a situation um i know that you don't want to be because i know this, there's like court order things and stuff like that like 
if you don't necessarily have a court order, but you maybe you can write something, have it notarized, like, hey, this is our agreement and this is what we're gonna do because I don't care how much of a friend you are with your ex or whatever, the 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 health of your child and the the mental health and the emotional health of your child trumps all of that mm. you know so um yeah. yeah and and just really quick going back to the 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 co-parenting thing too i think you and i have talked about that before where like if you have a spouse that's involved um really like you know becoming like what do we call it? like a three-headed monster when it yeah. comes to attacking the the parenting um responsibilities because and that kind of goes with setting boundaries to where and, and keeping the communication or allowing your new spouse to be involved in those decisions, obviously, too. Of what, because, you know, you have the two biological parents, but now you have a third person that has, you know, a pretty equal mm-hmm. say in, like, how they're going to raise that child because that child's theirs now, too. And so. I just want to say there could even be a fourth person involved. There was a point in, oh, in, in exactly. our son's life where, you know, and we're still actually, you know, good friends with this person. Um, she was involved as the fourth party and now it's like now it got all complicated because mm-hmm. now we have four different voices um, and if you don't have some kind of set plan or agreement or something there's going to be a lot of opinions flowing through your children's head and that's going to really complicate I think the situation because who do they who are they loyal to yeah you know, the, so. you bring in more people, things to the more people there is, the more emotions and the more like, okay, yes. well, they said this and then, you know, now you're saying that and blah, blah, blah. So again, having the open communication and involving all, all parties that are going to be a, um, a voice to that child, you know, or involved in their life, um, you know, being responsible about it and, mm-hmm. and, and being all involved in that. So, um, but yeah, definitely the with the boundaries and it's even a matter of setting up boundaries like if you're the stepdad or the stepmom and it also depends of course on the age of of the children or the child um boundaries with them like hey having that communication and dialogue like i'm not here to step on your uh, you know your your mom's or your dad's toes um i'm here to you know because i i love your mom or i love your dad and i want to be involved in your life but I'll, it'll be at your pace. Like how, how, whatever you want, I'm here. I'm here to support you. Like if, if you're not cool with calling me mom or calling me dad, that's fine. Like, you know, things like that, like setting up boundaries with them because it allows them to get more comfortable with you, obviously. And like, you know, they don't just feel like you're just some weirdo living with them now. So definitely, yeah, all, all those things, you know, the relationship with the ex, co-parenting and then setting up boundaries for your new formed family is is important because you're setting up a foundation for growth you know um, um yeah i, I think this kind of goes well into the next point uh conflicts with with stepchildren yeah and this we have a few bullet points on this also guilty parenting don't try to be your stepkid's best friend don't engage in parenting behavior yet and avoid favoritism toward your biological kids yeah, so the one that kind of stood out to me, again, because I think that's talking to the parent that's coming into it that maybe didn't have kids and is now considered the step, I'll just say stepdad because that's what it was, where it says don't engage in parenting behavior yet because, and it goes back to what I was saying, starting that dialogue with the child, you know, kind of coming to them like, hey, 
I'm, I know I'm not your parent. I'm here to just have a relationship with you. I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. I want to to talk, you know, what questions do you have for me? I have questions about you. What do you like? What do you know? Things like that. You become, I guess I could say you become their friend, but you become their parent because you can't expect someone to respect and listen to you and, you know, do what you want them to do um, if they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something too that I like went into in a wrong way because I skipped over the whole, well, you know, I'm not going to even try to like really... Um, connect with you but I'm going to tell you you need to clean your room and you need to do mm-hmm. this and you need to do that you can't discipline someone they're just they're not going to respond or they're going to respond in a very negative maybe even you know temper filled way you need where to it's build like, a rapport with yeah, someone you, and, it, and you and that's anything, just come yeah. in and, and be an authoritative role exactly that's even in like the workplace like if yeah. you have a if you're a new manager the, the first day you're not going to come in you know cracking heads like no you, you need to like mm-hmm. get to know who you're, you're you know you're working with but yeah, that, that was the one thing that stood out to me, which honestly, I think led into a lot of the other ones we said where, you know, don't try to be their best friend and then guilty parenting because it's mm-hmm. like, I know, and that's for both of us too, where we just like, we felt so guilty about the situation that our son was in and like the transition that he had to do. And, and like we mentioned, we had kids at a very early, you know, um, stage of our, you know, marriage and he had to then deal with that. So then we had like, you know, spouts of just like parenting in the in the bad way of like letting him do things and get mm-hmm. away with things and blah, blah, blah. Because we didn't, you know, we we're trying to make up for stuff. And that's just the wrong way to go. Because it's, it's just not going to set a good precedent with, with him, you know, and, or with your child. you know, just child. to be fair, I think that can happen in, in any like parent situation. I think even if it's not necessarily a stepchild. It can happen with your biological children of, you know, the guilty parenting because we all feel, I, I don't know if it's just the parent curse or whatever, but like we've just, we've never done enough, haven't done enough, we'll never do enough. So we get stuck on this role of just like guilty parenting and, you know, we let them get away with things or whatever. But I think in our situation, because we went about things so quickly and we didn't take the time to ask questions and have conversations with the three of us like because of that it did the guilty parenting was one of the biggest things that I I want to say I think led to a lot of our issues towards the end before he moved out because there was a lot of things we let him slide. There was a lot of things we let him get away with. Things we should have never, ever allowed in our home. And it was because we felt like we, you know, didn't do enough or did too much or whatever. You know, whatever it is that we felt that we were lacking as parents at the time. It just led into such just very toxic behaviors from all three of us. And, you know... Now that I think about it and I, I look back on hindsight, I think like, whoa, you know, we we could have parented in a way where it was very firm, but still loving. And, and you know, we didn't because we were both trying to make up for so much that we, you know, we felt like we, we lacked in. So that guilty parenting, man, if you don't, if you don't like nip that, in the bud before it gets out of control it can really cause some real damage 
in your family because we just we just feel so responsible for so many things that sometimes we just it's things that we just don't know and and you don't know until you do you know it's things it's a learning process just like just like you were talking about it's just a, a journey everything that we're going through everything that we're learning about our children about our marriage about our relationship i mean it's it's some things are just new and you're not going to know what to do until you've done the wrong thing you know so um yeah it, definitely i mean it's it's a journey for like you said if you're a step parent or if it's just with your regular kids learning all these you know the ins and out it, you know no one's given a, a book i mean well there is so many books on how to raise kids and parenting but it's different for every um you know every situation and every family but yeah you know being when it's you know you're blended and you start dealing with like the step uh version of, of everything it can become very hard for both parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely I can relate to all of those. And the last one on there was like avoid favoritism towards your biological kids. I think that one is, um, you know, designed more towards maybe the, again, I call it the Brady Bunch status where, you know, you have kids, but then now you have stepchildren and, and your wife has kids, but now she has your step, your kids, um, where it can just be like, and it's not even, maybe you're not even doing it consciously, where it's like, um, you know, you're favoring your kids, but obviously you just, you're more comfortable with your own kids. You, you're more, you could be more natural and more yourself with your children, especially in the, obviously in the early stages. And then with like your, your spouse's kids, you're still like trying to figure out, even though you know how to maybe be a dad, you're still like tap dancing for them. Like, okay, well, what do I do here? And what do I do this? And it can just, you know, and, and your stepchildren will pick up on that. Like, well, why does it always feel so tense and awkward when it's you and us, but then when I see you with your kids, it's natural, and it's like, you know, how do you explain that to them, especially if they're younger? Now, if you have, like, teenagers, you know, God bless you, because that's <laughs> going to be hard as it is, but, I mean, you know, they're at least the age where you can, you feel more comfortable to talk to them, like, well, this is the situation, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to know you and, and I'm sorry if it feels awkward. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they're like four and five, like, how do you explain that to them? I, they're, they're little, you know. I think it's because when you when you have children of your own and, you know, they're, they're, they're babies and they're newborns, it's like a fresh mold. It's like a fresh little mold that you get to kind of shape in, in some ways, you know, because eventually they do grow up and, and they decide to fit into whatever mold they want to. But you kind of have a little bit of say into how you want to kind of shape your children a little bit. When you have a stepchild, no matter what age, they've already kind of began their molding process, you know. And there's already been influences and there's already been voices way before you. So it gets a little complicated. And you are, I think, as a a stepchild parent i i've never had that role of a step parent but i've seen it you know in you and i can tell the hesitation that you had into trying to even just show him things that you liked you know because you felt like i mean i'm, I'm just i'm i'm not saying this is how you felt but I'm assuming that maybe you felt like, well, maybe somebody else already showed him something. Maybe, maybe, you know, I'm a little too late for, for this, you know, even though he was only about six years old, he was still really young, 
But I think for you, never having any children, seeing a six-year-old, you're like, oh my God, well, he's already getting, he's already grown up. You know, you didn't start at a little infant. You started at a, you know, now elementary child, like elementary kid. So I think it can be a little intimidating, but it's just, yeah, have your own children, it's very different. But uh, the one thing, last thing I want to say, um with the the avoiding favoritism towards your biological biological kids we didn't necessarily have that situation our situation was a little different because when both of our kids were um our biological kids between you and i between between derek and i when we had our boys at two and three they were both diagnosed with autism so what happened was that it's not necessarily that we were trying to favor them. It's that the attention that they needed now was a lot more demanding than our older son had, a, you know, needed at the time. And it wasn't necessarily favoritism. It was just that the circumstances changed and it wasn't us now parenting three normal developed, typical developed children. Now we have a typical developed kid and two special needs children. Yeah. And that took a lot of our attention from our oldest, unfortunately. And I think we got so overly consumed with both of their diagnosis because they were literally back to back. We They both got diagnosed very quickly. Um, very closely, I'm sorry. Well, because they're born in the same year yeah we're born in the same year (laughs) yes we had one in january and one in the december of the same year don't ask don't ask how that happened but it just a lot of things changed very quickly and it might have seemed from the outside that we were favored we were favoring our two youngest but it wasn't that it was just that we were now put into a whole new other new situation that we had no clue how we were going to handle. But that'll be another episode. <laughs> yeah, because definitely. Because we're that's, not going to go there. But I want to just episode. say that it wasn't it wasn't favoritism in this situation, but it was taking our attention from our oldest. Yeah, And I think for sure. you most definitely felt that. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. Which that'll lead, I mean, it leads into the last point we have. Before we get there... Um, the the one that we're going to hit next is disagreements about new family rules and that we can kind of hit on really quick because we felt like we've talked about it where that just talks about um you know discussing parenting skills Mm -hmm. with your spouse maybe even before they are they are your spouse like maybe Mm -hmm. before you move in um if you move in before you get married which that everyone should do that because that just makes sense but you, you know, just have an open conversation about it. Like, like we talked about, like, this is yeah. how I parent. This is how I discipline. This is how I, I do things. I wish, I wish I, I would have done, um, what I would have done differently if I could go back and do it differently. I think I would have had a conversation, a conversation between the three of us and talked about how parenting looked before Derek came to the picture and how is parenting going to look like now that Derek is in the picture. Um, we really robbed ourselves of that opportunity because I, again, it was just that expectation or those, you know, just false or, or I'm sorry, those, um, false hopes of like, that it would just happen. Yes. Like it was just going to happen. It was just, well, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna figure itself out one way or another, but 
that is something that I wish we would have done. And I, I wish I would have taken the initiative because honestly, that's, it really was up to me mm. to like, hey, this is how I parent him now. But now that you're here, it's important for us to parent together. Yeah. You know, and, then and like, at like, the proper time, obviously. And like you mentioned, having a, having him involved in that yes. conversation where it's like, okay, which leads to the, the next thing where it says, don't leave rules open for interpretation, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we just expect him, just like how you mentioned, you expected me to kind of know all these things. We both kind of expected our son to just be cool with everything mm-hmm. and understand the dynamic of the new family and like, okay, I know that mom's been the, the you know, the authority here, but I now have to understand that, you know, stepdad or Derek is too. And, you know, and it's like, how would he know that as a six-year-old right. child when... How would he know that if you and I didn't know that? If you guys wonder why Derek and I talk so freaking much, this is why. Because we've had years and years of like, well, no, years and years of talking until we finally communicated. Right, because you could talk. You could talk. But. That's good. That should be like a book. We talked uh, until we finally (laughs) communicated and we like, we weren't just blowing up, you know, blowing smoke up each other's butt, telling each other what we want to hear. Like, no, we talked until we actually communicated and now we can be honest with each other. And that is one thing that it wasn't until Derek and I got 100% clear with what we wanted from each other, expected from each other. It wasn't until that that we became better parents. Like, just really. Because we were pulling our kids left and right. And and I mean, I'm not saying that we don't do that now. There's times that, yeah, sometimes we have... There's certain ways that maybe you want to parent our our children. And then I'm like, eh, because I'm a mom. You know, and it's always going to look differently. Because I'm a woman and I'm more towards nurturing and loving and caring. And you're, you know, you're a man and it's just going to look different, but it doesn't mean that we don't have the same end goal, you know? And it's hard, you know, because obviously we see things through our eyes, which Mm -hmm. I always, we always talked about that. Like we always said that that, uh, that saying is kind of like. Not dumb, but it's just like, well, I see the world through my eyes. Well, yes. <laughs> no shit, sure. That's how that works. <laughs> but we see this situation through our eyes in the sense of like, uh, mom that had a child, dad coming in to be stepdad. Mm-hmm. But you just mentioned something like that where, because you said like, I'm the mom and that's just how it's going to be. Uh, because you, especially with having a son, it's the whole mama birth yeah. thing. But it's like, for those of you guys who maybe are a dad that has a son and you meet a new woman and she doesn't have any children. You guys get married, but your ex is very still involved. Now there's a whole other relationship between two women who you have a mom, an ex mom or, or, or an ex wife. That's like that bro. No, yeah. That's <laughs> like, Hey, this new woman's now going to try and be my son's mom. Like hell no. So yeah, that that's rough. I, I never you know? felt that towards, um, my ex-husband's girlfriend at the time uh i never really felt that because she communicated so well with me but i got i got very lucky i got very lucky that she's just an awesome girl and very respectful and i knew she loved my son um and i knew she had the best interest for him i think even more than his dad did at some points but uh i just i got very lucky with that but I have seen 
in other situations where it's not very pretty. And we will pray for y'all because (laughs) that is a hard, as a mom, I don't, there's just no way. Like it's hard to trust someone. I don't care if it's a, it's a, a boy or a girl. It's hard to trust someone with your children, period, period. So I just remember one time, I forgot even what it was, but we were eating and I think our son said something like, oh, well, I like the way that she makes it better. And I just remember like, I I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take my plate into the room. You guys, you go ahead. And I just kind of gave him the blessing. Like you messed up, but yeah, he it. didn't get dinner for a month after that, but you know, um, yeah. So definitely the whole, you know, setting up that dialogue to where, and, and having, you know, both parents and children or child involved in that. And kind of goes with the setting boundaries in the beginning. It's just, it's important. Again, communication, yes. communication, communication, talk, talk, communication. Talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing really quick before we wrap it up was, you know, tension among the siblings. And we kind of hit on that with our son and then our two biological boys. The the autism, you know, obviously any parents of special needs children, you guys understand. Um, or even those that maybe have special needs uh, children in their families, nephews, nieces, or just close friends that have children like that you understand what it can be like so it was a lot and you know there were ups and downs with it and you know we looking back on it realized how much and it wasn't that we like purposely or i wouldn't even say consciously like you know decided oh well we're just gonna spend more time and and more put more focus on our two boys our two special needs boys than than on our um you know our firstborn it just that's kind of how things just go um but we realized it and you know we have had have talked to our son about it and you know like i always say everything obviously happens for a reason um you know like how our journey went was how it was supposed to go mm-hmm. and i'm saying now like fast forwarding fast forwarding um the relationship between our oldest and and the two boys is like there's just like sometimes it's just great sometimes i just sit back and i look at the three of them and i realize like man it feels like they are three and brothers so from the same all family yeah it's like so it's crazy and honestly like i think if you were to ask our son our oldest you know if he felt in any way neglected or like he wasn't you know, really part of us or anything like that. I I would say that he would say, no, I don't think he ever really felt like that. But we know that there was some things that fell through the cracks because of the focus and the attention that we had on our two special needs children. So I think he would probably say, no, you guys were great. You know, you guys did the best that you could. Um, but I think as a parent, and maybe that's just how I feel because again, that's the parent curse feel like <laughs> you never do enough. But I know that there was things that yeah. did fall through the cracks because we were just, you know, very consumed. By yeah. We I, honestly, <laughs> the diagnosis of autism came and kind of took us down like a wave. Like yeah. it was just like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like how, what are we doing? How, how is this going to change? And then it went from. You know, just having two young, you know, little kids, two little toddlers to now you have ABA therapy and you have occupational therapy and you have people in your home and you have doctors like telling you this and telling you. So it was, I'm not making excuses, but it was very, very overwhelming. And I think our son for as as young as he was, 
I think he saw it. And yeah. he went through just as much as we went through the roller coaster of it, I know he went through it too. So I yeah. think he kind of he kind of like, you know, sympathizes or empathizes with us. Um and through that situation, but at the end of the day, it was still it wasn't his responsibility to feel that and yeah. to to carry that. It was it was us. It was us. So um, I mean, and that's yeah. like that's our obviously our experience with it. Right. You know, for those that maybe it it is a little bit different. Um, you know, just kind of some advice, I guess, from what we got from these articles on, on the on the points of, you know, when you have tension among the step siblings. Uh, the points that they make is like think of them as peers and not siblings to where um, it, it kind of says like you know you're not going to expect them to be like brother and sister right away like and just love each other it's and they they kind of get the example of like it's like all of a sudden telling your kid like well your classmate is now going to move in and share a bed with you share a room with you and they're your brother and it's like yeah I don't know them like they're right. just an acquaintance like I don't you know so you have to give them time to really just get to know each other um and you know allow that kind of journey to 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 take place of the ups and downs of you know because you get that even with um you know biological siblings maybe even more because it's Mm -hmm. like for some reason we're just talking about that today like how can like brother and sister or two brothers like you can love someone so much but then you just hate their the (laughs) essence of them like i can't be in the room with them and that's just sibling you know it's just about being a brother or being a sister um, but the other point, too, it says is to keep up important routines with and traditions with your kids. So this, again, more towards like the Brady Bunch situation where both parents or both spouse uh, spouses have their own kids. Not like right away trying to like, well, everyone has to be involved. It's like, well, no, like, dad, we always win on Fridays and maybe sometimes you just take your kids and it's like, but then sometimes you just take you 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 know your new kids and then other times it's all together like mm-hmm. you kind of just have to like not force things and you know it's it Feel that looks room a little exactly bit. it like... looks different for everyone you know like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know there's not a, a, a set way to do it but you just kind of like like you said yeah read the room kind of figure out the best way but you know you want to still make your kids feel important, but then also your new kids feel just mm-hmm. as important. So, yeah. But, and we just want to say that everything that we've shared, thank you guys if you're still listening and you've, you've hanged <laughs> the in there. Yeah. Um, everything that we share is from our own personal experience. And, you know, there's so many different kinds of blended families and so many just, I don't know, like different ways that people parent and, Everything's going to look different in every situation, but I do believe that there's certain things that I think no matter what kind of family you are, we really need to take very seriously. And I hope that some of these points that we shared with you, we felt were some of the top ones that I think we should take seriously. I hope that can give you some kind of guidance. And if you find yourself in this situation, um, at the end of the day, we're not going to ever be perfect parents. We're just not. Um, and your family's not going to be perfect. Oh, no one's perfect. God, no. Uh, no, they're <laughs> not. But we truly do the best that we can. And we always do what we know at the time. Yeah. And, you know, don't ever beat yourself up for that because, you know, again, some like I said earlier, there's some things that you just won't know that you did wrong until you did them. And you know what, as long as you learn from that situation and you can grow from it, your whole family can grow from it, 
God knows that we've had such struggles with our oldest, but where we are now, um, I couldn't, I couldn't see past the situation when we were in it, but where we are now, it's just a completely different light. And I'm really grateful regardless of the things that we didn't do or did do. I think we, we most definitely have grown and I am excited to continue to grow because this is, this is a journey. We're not done. Um, yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of news that are going to come <laughs> and we're just going to have to figure them out as they come, you know? Yeah, like we said earlier, like if you would ask us five years ago, where do you think we would be? Like, I wouldn't say the relationship I have with my son would be where I'm at. And, uh, you know, like our family dynamic. Now I, I got to fight. Uh, now I got to fight to get some time, just him and I. Because yeah. you guys are always like, well, we're going to go do this. Like, well, what the heck? What about me? Like, why can't I go? And no, apparently I'm just not invited. So well, Because we go golf and no one takes <sighs> their mom and, or their right. wife to go golf. Okay. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so it does definitely get better, you know. But it, it and it's just, it's like anything else. It just takes work and it takes kind of just letting it go get letting yourself go through the journey of the ups and downs Lots of patience. and patience and just you know i don't know how who are we to give uh, advice on how to like take the ups and downs of life that's just a right. matter of going through them but um either way we we've come to an end and again like just said if we you're still with us you, yeah you thank the you last five uh last five minutes of our dog she just decided to come in and lick everything in the room. So yeah, including all those the mic, weird so. sounds, I promise we're not us. <laughs> but uh, again, we want to thank you guys for sticking with us on this episode. Um, we will be getting another one out to you guys very, very soon. Um, be on the lookout for the Would You Rather on our mm-hmm. social medias, on whatever ones you follow from us. And uh, yeah, give us some feedback on this. If you have any experience yourself with you know, having a blended family, being a part of a blended family, maybe now or when you grew up, um, we'd love to hear you guys' feedback. So um, until next time, we hope you guys have a beautiful day. Bye.